0: section 0 of curiosities of street literature this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by ed humple curiosities of street literature comprising cocks or catchpennies a large and curious assortment of street drolleries squibs histories Comic tales in prose and verse, Broadsides on the royal family, Political litanies, dialogues, catechisms, Acts of Parliament, street political papers, A variety of ballads on a subject, Dying speeches and confessions, To which is attached the all-important and necessary Affectionate copy of verses, As, Come, all you feeling-hearted Christians, Wherever you may be, Attention give to these few lines, and listen unto me. It's of this cruel murder, to you I will unfold. The bare recital of the same will make your blood run cold. What hast there? Ballads? I love a ballad in print, or a life, for then we are sure they are true. Shakespeare There's nothing beats a stunning good murder, after all. Experience of a running patterer LONDON. REEVES AND TURNER. 196. STRAND. 1871. INTRODUCTION. In selecting and arranging this collection of street papers for publication, every care has been taken to print them verbatim et literatum. They all bear the printer's name and address where such is used, and in many cases, the woodcuts have either been borrowed or purchased for the purpose of presenting them in their original style. The real object being to show, in the most genuine state, the character and quality of the productions written expressly for the amusement of the lower orders by street authors. The general instruction given to our printer has been to set up word for word from copy, with the exception of turned letters and those of a wrong font it being thought quite unnecessary to repeat those convenient and at that time compulsory errors of the press, and which were very common in former days with the printers and publishers of street and public house literature, arising alike from a want of skill in the art, a deficiency of capital, and the hurried manner in which they were prepared and worked off to meet the momentary demand. Old Jemmy Catnatch whose name is ever associated with the literature of our streets, was a man who hated innovations, as he used to call improvements, and had a great horror of buying type, because, as he used to observe, he kept no standing forms, and when certain sorts run short, he was not particular, and would tell the boys to use anything which would make a good shift. For instance, he never considered a compositor could be a ground for a lowercase l, when he had the figure of one, or a capital I, to fall back upon. By the same rule, the capital O and figure zero were synonymous with Jimmy. The lowercase p, b, d, and q would all do duty for each other in turn, and if they could not always find Roman letters to finish a word with, why the compositor knew very well that the reader would not mark out italic. At the time Catnatch commenced business johnny pitts of the toy and marble warehouse number six great st andrews street was the acknowledged and established printer of street literature for the dials district therefore as may be easily imagined a powerful rivalry and vindictive jealousy soon arose between these two of a trade most especially on the part of old mother pitts who is described as being a coarse and vulgar-minded personage and as having originally followed the trade of a bumboat woman at Portsmouth. She vowed vengeance against the young fellow in the court for daring to set up in their business, and also spoke of him as young cat snatch, cat block, cutthroat, and many other opprobrious terms being freely given to the newcomer. Pitt's staff of bards were duly cautioned of the consequences which would inevitably follow should they dare to write a line for Catnatch, the new cove in the court. The injunction was for a time obeyed, but the seven bards of the dials soon found it not only convenient, but more profitable, to sell copies of their effusions to both sides at the same time, and by keeping their own counsel they avoided detection as each printer accused the other of buying an early-sold copy, and then reprinting it off with the utmost speed, which was in reality often the case, as both houses had an emissary on the constant lookout for any new production suitable for street sale. Now, although this style of double-dealing and competition tended much to lessen the cost price to the middle man or vendor, the public in this case did not get any of the reduction, as a penny broadside was still a penny, and a quarter-sheet still a half-penny to them, the street-patterer obtaining the whole of the reduction as extra-profit. The feud existing between these rival publishers, who have been somewhat aptly designated as the column and Bentley of the paper trade, never abated. But on the contrary, increased in acrimony of temper until at last, not being content to vilify each other by words alone, they resorted to printing off virulent lampoons in which Catnatch never failed to let the world know that Old Mother Pitts had been formerly a bumboat woman, while the Pitts announced that all the boys and girls around, who go out prigging rags and files, know Jemmy Catnatch well who lives in a back slum in the dials. He hangs out in Monmouth Court, and wears a pair of blue-black breeches, where all the Polly Cox's crew do resort to chop their swag for badly printed dying speeches. At length, Catnatch, from the possession of greater capital and business acumen, became, to use the words of our informant, the cock of the walk and continued so until his retirement in 1839. In his will, or Last Dying Speech, which was proved April 1842, James Catnatch of Dancer's Hill, South Mims, in the county of Middlesex, gentleman, formerly of Monmouth Court, Monmouth Street, printer, bequeathed the whole of his estate to his sister Anne, the widow of Joseph Ryle, in trust, nevertheless, for her daughter, Marion Martha Ryle, until she obtained the age of twenty-one years. WITNESSES William Kinsey, 13 Suffolk Street, Paul Mall, Solicitor William Tookie, his clerk. The present street literature printers and publishers are Mr. W.S. Forty, Catnatch's successor, of two and three, Monmouth Court, seven dials, Mr. Henry Disley, formerly with Catnatch, fifty-seven. High Street, St. Giles, Mr. Taylor, Brick Lane, Spitalfields, Mr. H. Such, 177 Union Street, Borough, and Mr. J. Harkness, 121 Church Street, Preston, from whose establishments upwards of 2,000 street papers and ballads have been obtained, and from which, together with a private collection, we have made our selection to form The Curiosities of Street Literature. With such a vast amount of material to hand, it is somewhat difficult to know which to retain and which to reject. It being utterly impossible to reproduce the whole, the only thing to be done is to make the attempt to divide them into something like classes. We have, therefore, arranged our collection into four divisions, which may be briefly alluded to as 1. Cocks or Catchpennies, 2. Royalty and Political, 3. Ballads on a Subject. 5. DYING SPEECH AND CONFESSIONAL PAPERS During the progress of our collection through the press, we had by a special appointment an interview with Mr. John Morgan, a street author, who may be said to be the oldest of his peculiar class. "'I'm the last one left of our old crew, sir,' he observed during our conversation. He is now upwards of seventy years of age, and formerly wrote for old Jemmy Catnatch." with whose personal history he is well acquainted, and still continues to write for the Seven Dials Press. A street ballad from his pen will be found at page 103 of our work. In allusion to Mr. John Morgan, the writer of an article on street ballads in the National Review for October 1861, makes the following remarks. This ballad, Little Lord John Out of Service, is one of the few which bear a signature it is signed John Morgan in the copy we possess. For a long time we believed this name to be a mere nom de plume, but the other day, when making a small purchase in Monmouth Court, we were informed, in answer to a casual question, that this is the real name of the author of some of the best comic ballads. Our informant added that he is an elderly, we may say old, gentleman, living somewhere in Westminster, but the exact whereabouts we could not discover. Mr. Morgan followed no particular visible calling, so far as our informant knew, except writing ballads, by which he could not learn much of a livelihood, as the price of an original ballad, in these buying cheap days, has been screwed down by publishers to something about a shilling sterling. Something more, like bread and butter, might be made by poets who were in the habit of singing their own ballads, as some of them do, but not Mr. Morgan. Should this ever meet the eye of that gentleman? A not very probable event, we fear, we beg to apologize for the liberty we have taken in using the verses in name, and hope he will excuse us, having regard to the subject in which we are his humble fellow-laborers. We could scarcely avoid naming him, the fact being that he is the only living author of street ballads whose name we know. That self-denying mind, indifferent to worldly fame, which characterized the architects of our cathedrals and abbeys, would seem to have descended on our ballad writers, and we must be thankful, therefore, to be able to embalm and hand down to posterity a name here and there, such as William of Weichmann and John Morgan. In answer to our inquiries in this matter, we generally have been told, oh, anybody writes them, and with that answer we have had to rest satisfied. But in presence of that answer, we walk about the streets with a new sense of wonder peering into the faces of those our fellow lieges who do not carry about with them the external evidence of overflowing exchequers and saying to ourselves that man may be a writer of ballads with regard to illustrations a ballad printer is in the habit of buying up old woodcuts which have been engraved for any other works and of applying them to his own purposes disregarding alike their age rudeness and condition most of those adopted are repeatedly employed over and over again the printers of broadsides seldom care whether the ornament of the kind used is or not appropriate to the subject of the ballad so long as it is likely to attract attention many examples will be found in this collection and we are indebted to mr h disley and others for the use of the same the authors and poets who give this peculiar literature alike in prose or rhyme to the streets are all in some capacity or another connected with street patter or song and the way in which a narrative or copy of verses is prepared for the press is usually this the leading members of the schools some of whom refer regularly to the evening papers when they hear of any out-of-the-way occurrence, resort to the printer and desire its publication in a style proper for the streets. This is usually done very speedily, the school, or majority of them, and the printer agreeing with the author. Sometimes an author will voluntarily prepare a piece of street literature, and submit it to a publisher, who, as in case of other publishers, accepts or declines, as he believes the production will, or will not, prove remunerative, Sometimes the school carry the manuscript with them to the printer, and undertake to buy a certain quantity to ensure publication. The payment to the author is the same in all cases, a shilling. But sometimes, if the printer and publisher like the verses, he throws a penny or two over. And sometimes also, in case of a great sale, there is the same oversum the Dials and its immediate neighborhood, is the chief residence of these parties, as being nearest to the long-established printer, they have made it the head meet of their fraternity. It must be borne in mind that the street author is closely restricted in the quality of his effusions. It must be such as the patterers approve, as the chanters can chant, as the ballad singers sing, and, above all, such as the street buyers will buy. We have recently met near the strand, the street ballad singer of our youth, and from whom we procured, wait for the turn of the tide, and call her back and kiss her, and the following information. Oh, yes, I remember you, remember you well, particularly when I see you down at Brighton, when you treated me to that hot rum and water, when I was so wet and cold, at a little snug public house in one of the streets that leads off the main street. I don't remember the name on it now, but it remembers the rum and water well enough. It was good. You said it would be, and so it was, and no mistake. How old am I now? Why, fifty-nine. How long have I been at it? Why, hard on fifty years. I was about nine or ten years old. No, perhaps I might have been twelve years old when I come to think on it. Yes, about twelve years old. My mother was a widow with five children, and there was a boy in our streets, as used to go out singing ballads. And his mother said to my mother, Why don't you let your boy, that's me, go out and sing ballads like my boy? And I said I didn't mind, and I did go out, and I've been at it ever since. So you see, it ain't far short of fifty years. How many do I sell in a day? Well, not so many as I used to do, by a long way. I've sold me four and five choirs a day, but I don't sell above two and three dozen a day now. That's all the difference, you see, sir. Dozens against choirs. How do I live, then? Why, you see, I am now so well known in different parts of London that lots and lots of people comes up to me, like you always do, and says, How do you do, old fellow? I remember you when I was a boy, if it's a man, and when I was a girl, if it's a woman, and says, so you are still singing songs, eh? Then they give me a few coppers, some more, some less than others, and says they don't want the songs. Some days, very often, I've had more money giving me than I've took for the ballads. Yes, I have traveled all over England, all over it, I think, but the north's the best. Manchester, Liverpool, and them towns. But down Bath and Cheltenham way, I was nearly starved. I was coming back from that way, I now remember, when I met you, sir, at Brighton that time. I buy my ballads at various places, but now mostly over the water, because I live there now, in its handiest. Mr. Such, the printer "'in Union Street, in the borough. "'Oh, yes, some at Catnatch's. "'Leastways, it ain't Catnatch's now. "'It's forties. "'Yes, I remember old Jimmy Catnatch very well. "'He want a bad sort, as you say. "'Leastways, I've heard so, "'but never had anything of him. "'I always paid for what I had "'and did not say much to him or he to me. "'Writing his life of him, are you indeed?' No, I can't give you no more information about him than that, because, as I said before, I bought my goods as I wanted them, and paid for them, then away on my own account and business. Well, he was a man something like you, a little wider across the shoulders, perhaps, but about such a man as you are. I did know a man that could have told you a lot about old Jemmy, but he's dead now. He was one of his authors, that is, he wrote some of the street ballads for him. And very good ones they used to be, that is, for selling. Want some old dying speeches and cocks? Do you indeed? Well, I ain't got any. I don't often work them things, although I have done so sometimes. I mostly keep to the old game. Ballads on a subject. You see, them other things are no use only just for the day. Then they are no use at all, so we don't keep them. I've often given them away. You'd give sixpence pence apiece for them, would you indeed, sir? Then I wish I had some of them. Now I come to think of it, I know a man that did have a lot of them by him. And I know he'd be glad to sell them. I don't know where he lives, but I sometimes see him. Oh, yes, a letter would find me. My name is Samuel Milnes. And I live at No. 81, Mint Street. That's in the borough, you know. Gauger is the name of the house. Thank you, sir. I'm much obliged. Good day, sir. It will be seen that our street ballads and papers come down to the latest period, several being issued during the printing of this collection. In fact, any public affair seems of sufficient importance to write a ballad about. We have, therefore, placed some blank leaves between each division, for the purpose of mounting other examples that may be from time to time published by the printers of street literature. End of section 0